0: I think a lot of it was me trying to be in the pocket just a smidge more like I still get a little out there and like showy with my like fills and stuff like that but like I definitely was trying to think more about the music and just my drum parts and thinking about the songs as a whole and my contributions to the song versus just like this drum part is cool with this riff.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Keefe of GhostColdMang.com with another interview here on all the streaming places, especially YouTube. I'm super stoked to be joined by my friend, and it's rare that I get to actually say this is a friend of mine, Carlos Crozel of Solemn Vision Hello. from Brooklyn, New York. What is up, sir?
0: What's up, bro? How much? I yeah. in The Office.
1: <laughs> I see that. I see that. Though, yeah, I'm in my office. <laughs> okay, there <you> go. <laughs> um, Luckily, this is one of those uh, times I don't have to explain myself to corporate about the Iron Maiden flag or whatever. Usually, yeah, hey, I'm not play. complaining.
0: Actually, we we played with Capra, so um, we played with them in Jersey. So was I love that.
1: I love them so much.
0: They They're sent so me sick. that
1: flag, yeah. Um, yeah. it's not just an ad. I have to remember to like not wear my shirt hat and have the banner behind me all at the same time. <laughs> the same time. Then I, I look like a walking advertisement for them. <laughs> but their new album is killer. They're, they have a new
0: album. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to check it out. I, uh, Hours, yeah. A friend of ours, uh he asked he pretty much asked us to help set up their show in Jersey. Cause, like they were struggling to find locals. This was like uh I think twenty twenty one. So like I was just like, yeah, fuck okay, it, yeah, we'll we'll do it. <laughs> and like it, it was it was it was fucking sick. It was cool. They're they're good people too.
1: <laughs> they're such good people. I'm friends with Tyler. He's amazing. Uh shout out to them. And uh shout out to you. Uh Solemn Vision man. I've been following the band from the beginning. Uh, back when I lived in New York and now on the West Coast, I actually just saw you like seven weeks ago at Batushka in Brooklyn when I was visiting and it was amazing. It was a crazy night. I had never been to that venue and it was
0: like, saw a lot, of, <laughs> a
1: lot of like family reunion, high school reunion yeah, type of that, vibes. That's that one
0: of those uh, post-pandemic new <clears throat> venues that popped up. <laughs> And, and I guess they used to have a different kind of
1: alignment where the stage was in a different place. So there was yeah. some people that hadn't <laughs> been there maybe once or twice and then came back. And I'm like, is this the same venue? Am I in the right room? Um, <laughs> but it was a really cool night and uh, all the bands were killer. Um, you know, you could not ask for a better bill top to bottom. So that was a fun yeah. time. So and, um,
0: best, the, fucking, <laughs> the coolest guys ever. Right? Super chill.
1: We've interviewed uh Storm Ruler also and they're yeah, they're terrific. Oh, <laughs> They're terrific. And of course While the Sun's great. Um but yeah, we're here to talk about we could talk about so many things. <laughs> yeah. but, but we're <laughs> here gonna, to talk about the new, catch up every other band Yeah, yeah. We can catch up personally another time or over text or something. But despite <laughs> the rise of the sun is the new record coming out. From Solid Vision, and this has been a long time coming. I feel like a lot of bands say this is our best record. It's very cliche, but uh, at the same time, I do feel like this is the culmination of everything you guys have been working for this whole time. I've followed the band, and I do feel like you have leveled up in a lot of ways. And I I wanted to ask you about that. Is there was there a, particularly at this stage of the game after having a band for a while? A, I think a successful band in New York City, uh, regionally was there was there anything extra in your minds getting ready to make and write this record like oh we got to do xyz or did you just kind of let it fly and see where it landed
0: uh you know what so two things uh happened we number one every single member of the band input almost like equal amount like to this to this record everyone contributed everyone had a say in every section if they had ideas we listened and it was very uh very cooperative record like extremely so like I I'm the drummer I wrote lyrics for one song Anthony bassist wrote an entire song our singer Aaron it's the first record where he actually wrote like instrumentals for some of them because he plays guitar as well and uh yeah it was just everybody every, everyone had a hand in it and I think that was one one of the major factors and then uh number two I think uh we just went about everything a little smarter um the first album we kind of it was a little rushed. Not so much to the recording process, but just like rushing to get it out there and start making moves and start playing shows. Uh, because <laughs> like we we had another band and we pretty much rebranded. We had only like one little shitty EP, <laughs> and then uh we re-recorded that EP and recorded four new songs, and that was the full length of the first vision release. So um yeah, I think we just we had more time. We it was just really a lot more organic actually um everything just fell into place it was kind of insane it was uh like a one or two songs were pretty much written before uh 2020 and then when we first met up after months of like being locked in our in our rooms and shit uh summer of 2020 I think like july august uh it was just mauricio anthony and i and ideas were just flooding it was just like boom and we we're just like we we're just going at it and uh Everything was flowing really well. Then Aaron would come up with ideas and, like, throw us our way. He, like, wrote, like, two entire songs, three entire songs, pretty much. And then we just help with the arrangement and uh, maybe, like, some transitions. Caden, uh, he lives in Vegas, but he was, like, sending over stuff through video. And, like, so it was, it was just insanely cooperative.
1: Nice. I was going to say the band has always been very talented. But Aaron, in particular, his jump on this record is noticeable all the way around and have all his vocals are so strong on this record and probably one of my favorite things about the whole record incomplete (laughs) awesome listen to his performance is dope i wish he was here for me to tell him to his face but i'm sure he'll see this when it runs um did you do you did you notice anything uh like did you personally try to like oh i'm gonna learn something new or change a piece of gear out for this recording i never did before (laughs) did you do anything personally to kind of
0: grow yourself or you just kind of went in
1: armed like usual
0: I think a lot of it was me trying to um, be in the pocket just a smidge more. Like, I still get a little out there and, like, showy with my, like, fills and stuff like that. But, like, I definitely was trying to think more about the music than just my drum parts and thinking about the songs as a whole and my contributions to the song versus just, like, this drum part is cool with this riff. Like, it was just very... uh there's a lot more thought behind everything. And uh, I think a big part of it was also just me trying to really dig into my groove kind of based drumming. <laughs> that makes sense. Like I'm a huge Opeth fan, uh, Dauber from Monsters of Slumber. Like uh, their 2020 album was my album of the year. And I I think a lot of it came from that, just like those laid back, slow grooves in a lot of parts. Um, and uh, yeah, it's as far as like gear, there's one song on the Eve of Silence where that's the jazzy one and all the lighter side, sides of the parts like the courses i actually swapped out my ride i have a custom ride from t symbols that i had them add rivets to so it's like a little sizzle and it's like just like kind of washier than my regular bright metal ride where i'm like doing the blast beats and shit so that's one cool little tidbit and uh i did do some brush brush drumming on, on a snare but it's just very in the background just kind of atmospheric it's not really in the forefront so that that would be the only like intentional kind of odd uh, swap out thing that we did but besides that um no, I just I just focus on songwriting more than drumming, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> no, totally. Um, also, I was going to say good advice to any young band. Go follow the trajectory and the work of Oceans of Slumber. What they did, they're so talented, and what they did early... And then transitioning into, again, playing, you know, really focusing on the songwriting and making that the whole feature of the band instead of like, individually, we're amazing and, and amazing, is <laughs> amazing, cameras, yes. incredible, but like, let's really make great songs. Whatever we put out, we're going to put out great songs. So it's a really, a great awesome. shout out to them and for other bands to follow. And I, I know what, a you know, we were both, we've seen Opeth at the same show. So um, <clears throat> I know what a fan you are. And it makes a lot of sense, and I feel like originally there might have been some early comparisons, some Opeth, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing to get compared to Opeth when you're starting out as a band. Um, but I think now this record, despite The Rise of the Sun, has a lot more layers, definitely much more original. It's not just like, oh, here are our influences, here's some cool songs we made. This is like really your album, it sounds like. And I really, now that you're describing how it came together, it really makes a lot more sense to me, and I hope to everyone else. <laughs>
0: yeah honestly because most of it at the end of the day we just uh we write music to write we just we let things flow out and if it fits it fits if it doesn't doesn't there was a uh, one song that we actually held up back from the album that uh, it was mostly kaden and i who wrote and it was kaden pretty much wrote all the riffs and then i uh helped with just like i asked him to repeat a part and just like some transitions and my own drums but basically long story short it was it's a crazy heavy song and it's it's epic as fuck and we're definitely gonna release it at some point but we have plenty of material that we pretty much picked from those songs to put into this bucket and for the record, just that fit together a little bit more. But as far as our writing, we don't try to write like in a bubble. We just write and pretty much critique each other and uh, tell each other what to do and stuff. Might debate about it a little bit, but it, at the end of the day, we just, we're writing what we think sounds good and what we would love to hear. And that's just what comes out. We don't try to force a specific style or genre. And um, oddly enough, this this record came out a lot more like straightforward, like melodic death metal than our last. <laughs> there was probably some more like Opeth kind of progness to it in the last record. This one's very, we just hit hard with a lot of the metal death. And I tell people like when we say progressive, I don't mean like tech death or like inferior or inspire any of that type of like technical like progressive death metal i'd sell them in the open sense where like it's just long songs dynamic ranges and uh just not really clear cut formats just we just write and and that's pretty much it
1: nice yeah that's that's the way to go over here also and uh you you know it's we you know genre you work in the music business you know genre labels come from writers because we need things spoon fed to us because we can't function otherwise, we need to have something to call something.
0: It's such a big um, influx of like content, so I can imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. So we, you know, that we we have lizard brain writers, and we need we need help. So on one hand, that's great. On the other hand, I think it's good to leave a little bit of mystery and let people come to things on their own. And like I said, I feel like your band is a band in, you know, passing a transition point for this record now where you guys are really coming into your own, which is great. I'm I'm interested to, to see how these songs translate live because I want to hear, like, I love to hear all this, re- this whole record live. That's how I feel like, I'm, rarely do I say that either. So <laughs> I feel like, man, I could listen to this whole thing played like in, in my face, I would love it.
0: Speaking of that, so we intentionally, so this is the first time we have like songs with like backing tracks and like orchestrations and things like that. We actually purposely and like mindfully made sure that the backing tracks weren't too overpowering or didn't shadow the rest of the song and just kind of added to it. We want to make sure that if something happens and like a laptop breaks or sound systems fucked up and we have to play without backing tracks, the song is still true to itself and can still stand on its own and not necessarily need them so the backing tracks are pretty much a really tasteful cherry on top <laughs> versus uh just being a part of the brand and the band it's it's more you know just extra and just adding to the vibe of everything
1: uh yeah we don't want to give the wrong impression anybody who's <laughs> ever seen the band live including myself multiple times this is a band of masterful professional players who don't need help to play it is interesting though we live in a time where there's a lot of clapback against backing tracks, which, by the way, are used in every other genre constantly. Yes. Every popular genre of music uses some kind of backing track. Now, you can't take an orchestra with you to a small, to St. Vitus Bar. You can't. You <laughs> it may be a couple of strings. It'd be you know, pretty safe. We can get our friends in Seven Sons to come out and back you guys up on oh the track. Oh, like, <laughs> Shout out to, to those guys. But like, uh, backing tracks are not the devil. I think over-relying on them... Yes. I have yeah. seen. I don't want to shit on anybody. I could. they are multiple. I mean, if the genre calls seen, for it, I, yeah. could, I could see it. It's like you're purposely a, in an electronic band. Like, there was a period of time about ten years ago where you were getting a lot of technical death metal bands that played to a track because they had like wrote a riff slow, sped it up, or put it on the record, <laughs> and then they couldn't play. I had trouble playing it in real time. I witnessed this and there's also a couple of bands, Deathcore was famous for this for a while where people really couldn't, they'd do everything musical and interesting in the backing track. And then they just like one riff. And I (laughs) called the band out for it and I got some shit for it. This was earlier in my journalism career and I didn't give a shit. They didn't like pointed it out. I was like, they're really not Uh, playing the riff live. That kind of sucks. (laughs) They were mad. I was like, own it, talk about it. Talk about you made this complex track. And you, it's easier to put on a good performance if you could, you know, fest up and said, like, we want to put on a good performance. It would have been exactly. a so oh.
0: Just, just but, be realistic. Uh, they're still around. And, uh, they I... just
1: signed a new record deal. Luckily, yeah. not at your label. But I'm just <laughs> saying, either at your label you're on or you work it, <laughs> neither. Uh, it's a band people would know. And they were mad at me. And I got shit for it. I even got shit for it <laughs> from, I was not on, it was before I had Ghost Cult, And so I was in another place. And they were giving, they were dogging,
0: yes. me. oh, the label
1: is mad. It's so, critique. Uh,
0: I, I feel like I you just gotta manage people's expectations in general. Just I mean, like you know, like yeah. be be upfront about what you're offering. And yeah, if you're gonna like,
1: saw the girl in half in the magic act and pull it up, look, you know, and the result, and you pull the body <laughs> apart and then put it back together, and she gets up. Tell people how you did the trick. <laughs> you know, everyone knows you didn't cut her in half. It's it's an illusion, it's mirrors, we know that But like, you know, I just wanted to point that out You guys know how to play And if you have some backing tracks, I'm sure it's cool You're gonna continue to riff and scream and drum live It's not like uh, Motley Crue With like replacement drum hits and stuff uh, which is sad as fuck well, because that guy was one of the best in the world ever to do it, and then he's playing like fake drums. Sad. I don't
0: know if it's like an age thing or like I know like, could be. like sometimes of it, it's a consistency things to in general. Just like you know, live Super Bowl. a stadium <laughs> is not
1: a club. A stadium yeah. outdoors with monitors and a delay is all kinds yeah. of tricky. Imagine having to do that shit. I can't even chew gum and walk. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk for a second about this album artwork because this is some of my favorite artwork of the year also. So I don't know anything about it and I want to know all about it so help us uh, tell us about this album art so
0: which is... it's uh, Giannis Nacos from uh, Remedy Art uh it's funny because so we uh we hit him up I gave him I had like this really shitty just like drawn like on my phone like image of like exactly what I wanted and like I we I like bumped ideas through the guys and stuff and we figured something out like and we sent it to him and he was like, yeah, sorry, I can't think of anything for that. <laughs> but he was just like, he listened to the song and read the lyrics for um for two tracks. Uh first was uh Binaminam, which the lyric kind of comes from uh from the lyric in the chorus, is what we named the album after. And the artwork was fucking sick. And we we're like, cool, this is gonna be our album art. And that's how he works. He just like listens to music and thinks of something based on that on what he's feeling on what he's reading on like just the vibe then uh we sent him unfinished tapestry for a single artwork and what he came up with was (laughs) was the album art that we wound up using because we're just like yeah this is even better than than the last one and we're just like dude this is like sick and it it definitely conveys like a lot of the emotion behind the record as well like really in a great way because it wasn't planned. There's no theme. Again, we kind of just write music. We we write songs. We don't write records. Um, and But we do, when we put it all together, we, we're thoughtful about it and we try to make sure it flows and that it's not just senseless. Um, but this record kind of just happens. Maybe it's because of the time. But a lot of the songs are just about being kind of in a difficult place or like something out of your control. Like pain and be numb. it's about sleep paralysis, <laughs> uh, shit out of your control. Uh, Unfinished tapestry. It's the song I wrote. It was actually kind of a love song. I, I wrote it uh, about when me and my ex were together uh, right before the pandemic. I wrote those lyrics, and uh, it was it was a long distance relationship, like overseas, like long distance, and we were together for like three years. So it was again a difficult situation. Uh, Gates. It's about things that Aaron dealt with growing up and in the scene and kind of, it's up to interpretation. A lot of us take it as, like, kind of a nice fuck you to know, gatekeeping and, and things like that, or just, like, there's just a lot of ways it could go. And then there's a song on The Evil Silence, again, going back to that. Mauricio wrote it. It's about, like, he had a dream where death was just following him. So so there's a pattern, and uh, it wasn't on purpose. I think it was kind of just where we were after the pandemic and everything like that. And it just came together that way, and we felt that artwork was really fitting. There was just the lighthouse uh someone searching for something that isn't there and then just the emotion behind like the the character the wind that he drew and just like holding back this like big ball just like just this weight and it's just it just fit it it was just kind of poetic the way it happened it was literally just from him listening to the music so that's honestly like i I fucking love it We're all super happy.
1: Killer, man. That's awesome. For, you have to be your own fan first and foremost. You have to love your music. <laughs> if you don't, how will anyone else if you're unhappy with your end uh, Well, result? well I, love, I love his
0: artwork and the way it, it fits <clears throat> me. <so. laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, it's a good blend of the two things. I'm, I'm glad you talked about it. We're going to shoot me the uh, link to uh, Giannis's work. And we yeah, will so he's, he's worked
0: with... He's worked with Cam a lot. He's okay. done the past couple Evergreen records.
1: Uh, That's where I know him from. Ocean
0: the Slumber, actually. Not the last one, but the one before. Okay. The one that I was talking about, the 2020 record. <laughs> he did theirs. Uh, he's done a lot of, just, he's done a lot of, like, honestly, bigger acts. We were actually surprised. He was super reasonable with his pricing, and he's just super fucking great guy. Did, like, last minute, we asked him for, like, some changes or, like, the name of a font or anything. He's super responsive. And, like, he just has your back. And he's just, he's happy to do it. I'm fucking Remedy Art, Giannis Nagos, fucking
1: nice. Um, bands pay for fine art and photography, professional photography for your your uh, music career, please. Um, no more, yeah. no more of these cell phone pictures. <laughs> and no more of these. Like, I did a thing in MS Paint, and that's going to be the album cover. Like, don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> don't, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, make use. Dress yeah. in yourself yeah mm-hmm. invest in yourself and use art that's worth your music if you put this much into your music put that much into everything and that's 100%. my advice for today but i'm gonna Dude, i'm gonna yes. end with you i'm gonna ask you uh, a last couple of questions one mm-hmm. we're heading into the end of the year and i wanted to ask you if you had any favorite records of the year so far that you you think will be like your your
0: top picks for the year
1: since Ooh, we're coming to that. okay talk.
0: so this one's rough um i know one that i was looking forward to a lot was death and their reunion actually caitlin and i are huge death fans and like when they announced we're just like fucking, kids, let's go we're just like fuck so it's an incredible event and they have a really sick new lineup um really stoked for that uh i know it came out much earlier this year catatonia one of my favorite bands in the world like obviously i'm wearing daylight guys i just love my sad boy shit and <laughs> pretty much uh Shit, I haven't really thought about it. Schleimagogner, oh my god. I'm trying not to be biased because I am actually working the record, but like it's just it's up my alley. It's exactly the type of stuff I like. And it's it's fucking it's it's just so good. And uh Eric is a really, really sick dude. And um there's a lot of emotion behind that record. So if if you like unturned tapestry and like being numb, then are like kind of like more emotional dynamic songs. So I'm a gardener, they there for you. A lot of their record is instrumental and then just emotional as fuck. And when the vocals do come in, they're, they're meaningful. So.
1: All right, killer. Thank you for sharing. And of course, I'd like to end these with a wild card question. So my wild card question for you is, you've been in the music business for a while and you've been playing in bands for a long while. And now your band is about to put a new record out. What piece of advice would you give to a band starting out in a metal band today?
0: Ooh, okay. Uh, honestly, it's just, think before you act just a lot of people rush into things we rushed into we did a tour in 2017 fucking 30 three weeks we went around the whole u.s like it was batshit we spent so much money just make everything meaningful and every move you make i guess kind of a quality of a quantity kind of situation uh just yeah don't don't play your hometown bar three times a month and like just just make every every step you take make it count pretty much make it have have a meaning behind it
1: good call 20 years ago my hometown band played my hometown bar three times a month and that's why i do this <laughs> now that's why you now have ghost cult and you get to see my face on youtube carlos bro it is so great to see you i am so very happy and proud of your band uh, having you, good, you for a it's long a time this uh despite the rise of the sun on black lion records coming out october 20th this interview will run after but We're gonna make sure everybody knows about the record. I can't believe how many people still tell me, so-and-so put a record out. Yes, pay attention. (laughs) Wake up, everybody, pay attention. Records are coming out all the time, flying at you. But uh, it's been so great to see you, man, and so great to catch up with you and talk shop about this record. Shout out to all the guys in the band, send my best. Okay, absolutely. uh, We will, I'll see you the next time I come to town, but hopefully (laughs) whenever it makes sense for you guys to come on tour, maybe I'll catch you on tour again.
0: Oh yeah, man. Uh, May I plug in one thing? Yep. Next thing, uh, and end of January, early February, we're actually playing the 70,000 tons of metal pre-party. That's going to be sick. It's We're playing right on Miami Beach, like literally on, like just in front of all the normies. <laughs> and it, it's like right, the beach right in front of us. Like, it's going to be fucking sick as a Clevelander. So yeah, um, if anyone's around, pull up to that.
1: It's going to be like when uh, Senator Kelly came out of the ocean in the first X-Men movie and everybody was like, what is going on? That's how it's going to be when the death metal gets go. the beach. Yeah in Miami. Okay. Congrats on everything, man. Great to see you. Okay. Thanks for hanging out with Ghostbusters. Sure. Talk-